James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to Australia's most loved internet marketing podcast. And if I am, which is called Freedom Ocean, by the way, and uh, I'm Timbo Reed, your host. And if I'm not mistaken, at the other end of the line would be James Shremko. I'm here, Timbo. I'm here. How are you, mate? Very good. Good. Sunday afternoon. So you should be. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's a f- particular feel about a Sunday on the Freedom Ocean. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe my feelings about weekends are slightly different to other people's feelings. <laughs> they are, aren't they? <laughs> I definitely remember Sunday night was pull out the shoes, polish them up, watching 60 Minutes or whatever, getting ready for work the next day. And then that ah, wave yes. of frustration and resentment would start to creep in. And then I particularly hated Monday mornings. So really the freedom ocean, uh, there is no such thing as weekends and hump days and um, peak hour traffic and all that, is there? There's still a little bit of that. Uh, it, you just have to be conscious that, you know, if you're going to go to the shops or something, there might be other people there on the weekend mm. because you can get quite used to having it your own way during the week. Yep. I, I, yep. Go, to, I go and see a movie with my wife and we might be one of – two or three couples in the entire place during the week, middle of the day. Do you, do you have any set um, hours that you, you, you set yourself? Or uh, I know you often say to me you work better at night, but um, do you, how, how do you structure um, such a lifestyle? Yeah, well, this is really an interesting topic. I was having the same conversation with Ed Dale on my other podcast this week, and he does a nine-to-five day, but I definitely don't do that. You definitely I, don't do that. I definitely don't. I, I do have a routine, but I tend to work with my body energy. You know, if I'm feeling down or tired, I just won't do any work. If I feel really motivated, then I'll just pour myself into it. So I think a routine actually sets you free. So having some kind of schedule is good, but I'm not too tight with it. So I generally tend to start from 10-ish and I put in a good solid hour or two and then I take it easy for a while and do the whole school kid thing and, and I'll, quite often I'll go I'll either go and have a ride or do some something other than work and then I'll usually sort of get back into it sort of after 9.30pm. My most productive time is probably that 10 o'clock till 1 or 2 in the morning. It's very quiet people are asleep. No one's using the internet in my area and I have a pretty slow connection. So the internet actually speeds up every hour. It gets later. A couple of extra kilobytes a second do you get? I do. I mean, the <laughs> worst time for me to use the internet is six or six o'clock at, at PM, six or seven at night, because people are just coming home from school or work and loading up the uh, internet connection around here. For, for those of you, I don't know whether I've mentioned this before to our listeners, James, but for, if I haven't, then if I have, excuse me for doubling up, but it's a great reminder, you have one of the slowest in connect, internet connections in Australia, if not the world. So therefore... Um, I have the second it, slowest internet connection <laughs> available in Australia. Where's the, where's the slowest? 
dial-up would be the slowest. Well, gee, I tell you what, you're you're almost close to it. It is um, pretty close. So, as in terms of um, an excuse for not performing as an internet marketer, anyone who's listening, including myself, you cannot blame your internet connection because I can tell you right now, uh, I have seen many on many occasion James's um, James's speed or their lack of. Yeah, and I, and I just cannot get a faster connection to this house. I've got two separate providers and that's just so that I can at least download and upload on one computer while I'm using email on the other one. I love it as a headline, mate. Australia's leading internet marketer has slowest internet connection in the world. Yeah, it does make you more strategic though about what you plan to do while you're online. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, uh, now listen, mate, this is, we, we should get stuck into the content for what is episode 22 of Freedom Ocean. Uh, and that is to talk, um, it's a, I guess it's to talk about what I would call a microsite strategy. And I've put together a microsite for a client of mine with the, with the primary intention of creating quality backlinks and driving traffic to my client's money site, which is their main website, um, and I guess a secondary intention of ranking well in Google for uh, for a keyword. Uh, so I'm putting myself on the line here, mate. Uh, on top of that, listeners um, appreciated uh, going by the feedback on our Facebook, uh, the um, the honesty of, of uh, episode 21. So uh, in the spirit of that, uh, I'm going to expose myself again and show some of my work and uh, get you to... Uh, I guess say what could be um, improved um, and what could be uh, enhanced. Okay. All right. Let's lay it on me. Tell me. Tell let's, me let's, what we've got. Which we've got to be. Care- we've got to be careful here, James, because uh, podcasting is not a visual medium, uh, and we will be talking about something visual. So each time we do talk about it, um, we will um, we'll be clear as to what aspect of the website we're talking about. But we'll put a link to the website in the show notes. But the website is Business Advisor Melbourne. .net.au so people can go and have a look at that site and as I said first and foremost the idea is is to create actually quite a lot of these little micro sites that have lots of links back to my client's main site um, so uh, do you want to ask questions how, how do you want to do this mate do you want to well, ask questions my or first why? question is why are you doing that why am I doing what why are you building a satellite site to, to, to create quality backlinks uh, that are relevant among within articles that are relevant to what my client does um, back to their main site um, and also to rank well for, in this case, the keyword being business advisor. Hmm. It's an interesting strategy. I mean, that's something that I would classify as a high leverage strategy for a mature site when you've got the primary site kicking butt. And I say that for a couple of reasons. The first reason is you're probably better off sticking one page of content on the client's actual site than putting one page of content on a third-party site because obviously you'll, you'll lose some of the traffic coming through. Secondly, it's just that easy to get good quality links from other places that to put a whole site up just for linking purposes is perhaps not efficient or effective. If, if I were to um, say to you, though, that putting up this site 
I wouldn't call it a detailed website, but it's actually been a, 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 a I've it was it's been a very easy process and a very uh, I'd always, I'd say cheap process as well. So, in terms of labour and cost, it hasn't been onerous. Good. Uh, there are other reasons to have secondary sites, and the primary reason that that I do it is to increase market share, and that is so that I can rank multiple websites on the same phrase in Google. Mm-hmm. And th- this is how I came about with this strategy originally was to maximize market share so that when someone typed the key phrase that I was targeting, there would be my site and then my other site and then my other site. So in some markets, and you've seen me do this, Timbo, I've got four or five sites for the same phrase on the first page of Google. And that's a good leverage strategy. My question, I guess, would be around how, how effective this will be for this client, you know, what's happening with their existing site? Mm -hmm. Have they already got the top rankings they need for the existing site? And have they got enough content on there to become an authority? Hmm. Uh, They're ranking, they're ranking okay. It's, it's an ongoing effect. We've just relaunched their, their main site. Um, They're, they're ranking okay. Um, but and, and it's an ongoing it's an ongoing um, mission, I suppose, to rank for keywords that they've identified. Um, secondly, have they got content enough? Con- no, they haven't got enough content on their main site. But once again, they're, they're regular bloggers. Uh, they're about to start podcasting, um, so they you know they're working on it. So is there anything wrong with doing them having both things working alongside each other? No, only that uh, in some cases there's an argument for laser focus on the one site. In other words, you'd be better off to have 100 pages on the one main authority site than to have 10 sites with 10 pages potentially Mm -hmm. because I think there'll be a bias, especially from Google, to give more weight to the, the site that is a little bit bigger that has more content on it. And here's something that is crucial to understand. Every page is a new landing page, another opportunity for someone to arrive at the site because not all traffic comes to the homepage for a site. When people really get that, when they realize that probably half the traffic to the site is going to come to the side of that homepage, it's going to come in one of the landing pages that is specifically tailored to the search that someone is making then you realize that it's okay to have 100 pages on the, the primary site because if you were a business advisory and you were uh, aiming to get traffic for people searching for tax planning, then you'd simply just have to put a tax planning page on your site and that's the page that Google will show for that tax planning Melbourne query, mm-hmm. not the home page in many cases. Uh, as long as your anchor text for the backlink is going to the, one of the subpages though, isn't it? When you say anchor text, where where from? From external or internal? Oh, external. Right. So one of the other things that's really important to understand is that you can have you the, the stronger SEO component might be to have an anchor text link from your existing site to a subpage within within the same site. That's the fastest way to push a page up is to link to it from an already linked or an already existing page that is on that site. So so let me understand that. Let's say there was a, a blog post on the primary site, the money site as I call it, uh, talking about tax planning. Uh, and then that where, where, where the words tax planning or tax planning accountant were, me- were mentioned, 
you would create that as an anchor text and link that to the page on the same site that talked about their service, their tax planning service? Exactly right. right. So for, for a business owner listening to this or a service provider, the, the core idea is this. Your homepage is obviously your big, bold, you know, your main channel. And then you have a page on your site for each thing that you're trying to segment. And then you set up your blog and you write blog posts that point to the most relevant page with the correct anchor text. And if you're sitting there wondering what anchor text is, it just means that the words that are linked to that page have the key phrase in it. So, so is it really is it is a is a major uh, well, it's not major, but a a really important role of a blog is to give the opportunity to provide backlinks to other pages on your main on the same site. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. You're creating an iceberg here. You've got the, the, the bit you can see above the water are the landing pages that you want traffic to go to and the bit below the water is all that content, the meaty content on that site pushing people back to the landing pages that you want. So I've been doing this strategy for oh, five years now where you have a sales page and then a blog behind it pushing post after post back to the homepage or the, to the specific tailored landing page that you're trying to attract people to. Do Google, James, look at, um, let's, let's say there's a blog post within the main site, the money site, that is talking about tax planning, talking about a tax planning accountant service, right? Um, the five things that you should look for in a tax planning accountant. Uh, and then that in, within that blog post, there is a backlink to another page on the website. There is also exactly the same anchor text and backlink on an external microsite to that page on the website. Does Google, does Google give greater weighting to either of those backlinks or are they both equal? Well, I'm not 100% certain, but I think it's going to come down to the, the power of the page that you're linking from. But I think on-page optimization with this internal linking is pretty strong. And because you've got the most relevant content, it's already trusted, it's, um, it's on theme or on topic. So yeah, that's the fastest way to index a page on your site is to link to it from the site, the same site. But having both is ultimate is the ultimate thing. You know, if you have external people, and then the third dimension, which is really starting to be important, is then having other people share it using things like the plus one button or the Facebook like or the, the tweet button, because now they're going to start talking about the social rank of that site. And then there'll be another dimension, which is the author rank, which... Uh, Ed Dahl was talking about with me and that's where the more content from the same person that you can get out there, uh, the more they'll start to rank that actual person. Uh, wow, explain that a bit more. So, uh, yeah, no, don't understand that. Don't worry. Let's not confuse it. But I'm just going to, let's go back to the original situation here. I'm, I've done what I do with everything is challenge the assumption in the first place. So keep in mind you're now starting up a second site and maybe potentially looking at more you've indicated. Keep in mind that's now three websites you've got to maintain. That's three websites you've got to build backlinks for. That's three websites that you have to host and get uh, domains renewed and administer plugins. So you are actually increasing the effort compared to just adding more content to the homepage, uh, to, to the to home site. 
I feel as though, yeah, no, absolutely. Every time you add a, an additional uh, asset, you, you, you're adding workload. I feel as though I've got a pretty good process in place for these microsites because they're not they're not complicated sites. They're literally, you know, we've um, up- uploading one new 400 word article per week, uh, and there is a number of them written in advance. Uh, and they're all ready, um, loaded into WordPress and scheduled to go live on dates. Um, so you know, yeah, it's good this... though. But you're going to have to link to this site too, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Now, if you were going out and getting high PR sites like WordPress or Squidoo or Hub, Hub Pages, mm-hmm. and you're linking to the primary site, that could be a good use for that article as well. Instead of now, you've got two sites you've got to link to, so you're going to have to split your focus. Mm-hmm. And you know how I know this because I have so many sites. It literally takes us weeks to go around our sites and update plugins. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so the more domains that you commit to. The more websites you commit to, the more resource hungry they will be. So excellent to have a process. It's good that you know the reason why you're doing this. And I think ultimately the reason why you should do this will be to have more market share for the hot key phrases. But just know that you will have to put time and money into updating and linking and maintaining and grooming these sites. Okay. All right. So what well, I say is before you go and make ten of them, get the first couple going. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 No. Well, we have, and I have. Um, I, I was actually really surprised to see how quickly it started ranking for the term business advisor. Uh, literally within uh, a week, it was it was sort of finding its way onto page two of Google for the for the phrase, and now now as of just before turning on hitting record for this episode. Uh, it was ranking number one on page one for organic searches for that term. Yeah, what about the home site? Yeah, well, uh, business advisor is just one of a number of things they do, um, but they are their, their ranking has improved as well for the home site. Cool. So well, should we I, move I on so to the actual site itself? So we've talked about the strategy behind it. Yep, and. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do, but I'm yep. giving you some reasons why you might want to consider the future steps to decide how far you want to commit to this. Yeah, right. Okay. Second thing I noticed is the, the name of the business is slightly different to the domain by one letter. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Gotcha. Well, good pickup. Yeah. That that is a the domain's right, obviously, and the banner the banner said says business advisory Melbourne. So uh, yeah, feel a little bit embarrassed right now, but uh, we'll move on. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> what so so um, was one of them's not correct? Is that right? Well, the domain's right. Business advisor Melbourne and the banner should say business advisor Melbourne, but it says Good. business advisory. Ah, now I, I just wanted to check that because <laughs> Thank obviously you. that, that will, for SEO purposes, if it was actually advisory, that would be a different kettle of fish. Yep. Okay. Next thing is, uh, you went with .net.au. What was the purpose for that? Uh, it wasn't a choice actually. I was, it was something that client already owned. Okay. And, uh, Good to know. Had. Yep. But uh, was the .com.au available? Don't know. Because that would be a premium domain versus the .net. And if it was available for that whole $20 or whatever it'll cost, mm-hmm. 
you would definitely want to buy it to protect the domain. Yep. So, uh, luckily, you'll be able to do that before this podcast is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so this is just another, you know, again, I always go for the big picture first to make sure that I got the broad brushstrokes right. So, you know, you definitely would rather be building on a .com.au than a .net.au from a, a brand perspective. It shouldn't make yep. any difference to the rankings. And that may very well be the next site that you produce in this line of thinking. Well, I can tell you now, I've just checked and it's gone. Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe they own it. No, they don't. <laughs> oh, righty. <laughs> now, okay, next step is I noticed that the site currently has advertising on it in the form of Google Ads, AdSense. Mm. Mm. Tell me about that choice. Yeah, well, that, that wasn't overly a strategic decision. I thought, you know what, um, part, of me, uh, part of me probably thought that Google might like that. Uh, and it might help with SEO. And the other part, more uh, the more serious part, just thought um, it might be a good way to generate some additional income. Uh, okay, now how do, you, how do you generate additional income from ads? By having people click on them and leave your site. <laughs> right. So how does that help your customer? Yep, yep. Is, Point, it, is it not the opposite of what you're trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Who owns this site? Uh, a company called SP Solutions. Right. So which is, who's AdSense are on the site? There's. Gotcha. Now, what, you, what, you, what you'll see is people who are in Melbourne will most likely see uh, the customer's competitors advertising on there. Well, we've actually been able to – you can actually be selective about the categories of ads that appear. So we've made sure that um, other accountants – uh, ads don't appear on it. So, right, you'll so I'm, look, there is, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing financial planners, business strategy uh, that, investors. Yep, yep. They're all non-competitive. Right. Okay. I mean, what we would do for a lead generation site like this is we would be putting a banner for the customer, hoping that they click on that yep. to, to come to the site that makes us the most money because chances are, you know, even if they make 2 or $3 a click for AdSense, they might be able to make two or $3,000 a customer for a lead. Good point. The other question I have is how do people actually get to the customer's core site? Because I can't find a link. Uh, if you go through the articles, there is one link per article back to the core site. Can't see one on the uh, first one there, the, the tax planning saves you money post. Yeah, okay, there isn't one there. There is one on the pr- next one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I'm at school here. No, that's okay. This, 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 <laughs> if someone served me this up, I, these are the things I'd be looking for. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, why have they done it? Tell me about the domain. Interesting that there's ads. Um, how? Okay, what am I supposed to do on this site? And right now above the fold, which means what I can see without scrolling, the only thing I can do on this site is either click away or I could click on an ad. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Well, they're two of the same thing. Yeah. Now with your links, you might find it better to put in-text links halfway through the article rather than just at the end. Yeah. So we, we call this contextual text links. Um, that's where they're just dropped within the within the uh, text. And I could show you some sites of mine privately that have 
in-text links and they're more valuable. If you get people approaching you to buy links for your site, they're going to want a little text link somewhere in the article, not at the end because it looks a lot, lot more natural. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so putting it at the end does look a bit salesy, but you should have mm-hmm. the call to action at the end, but definitely link somewhere in the article as well. Is there is there such a concept as um, I read about it a few weeks ago? But uh, if you've got two links on a page going to the same um, external page, Google only recognises the first link. Is that right? Well, that's Leslie Rhodes' first link preference. Ah, uh, it even now, has a name. Yeah, but I, I don't think that uh, it's widely agreed upon. I think that that's. Um, he he would probably say it's factual. Other people might say it's theoretical. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I don't care. I'm after I'm after just a couple of relevant links back to the page, and I don't waste too much time theorizing about it. It's yep. good to have two or three links. Yep. Now you're doing these as posts, by the look of it. Correct. Right. So we're going to click now. I'm going to click on a post, and I'm going to check your permalink structure which is how you've set the things up. And I can see that the post name is in the page title and Mm -hmm. the page title. uh, So the page name and the page title have the key phrases, which is excellent. Oh, thank you. Oh, an elephant stamp, an elephant stamp. There's two things I'd noticed. One is there's very few tags. You've got one tag for this article and you can have probably six or seven tags without any problem. Mm Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be any categories on this blog. No, yeah, on the right-hand side. Right, but I'm just wondering uh, how many categories you've ticked for each post. It doesn't, yeah, okay. doesn't seem to show the categories in the post itself. Um, in fact, in- interestingly, uh, when I click on the category, it's now showing me three AdSense blocks uh, which is the maximum. So you want to be careful not to violate the terms and conditions. I'm just wondering if there's more posts in a particular category, if that will push it over the line. You know, if you have four or five posts in a category. Yeah, right. You'll have to keep yep. an eye on that one as well. Th- these are little things we don't think of until we get a warning letter. <laughs> so uh, do you actually get a warning letter, do you? Well, I guess a cease, so. A, a cease and desist. No, no, it'll be just something like, you know, you bro- you breaching the program terms. It looks like I'm checking yep. here with one that's got more. It seems to have figured it out that it can only have three. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So, all right, the main things that I would change about this, obviously I'd get the correct name for the company. I would have where the, the, um, the powered by link seems to be linked back to the correct side. Is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be a really good place to put a big clear call to action in the top right of the page and you could potentially do it on the, on this site right now on the top right in the in the right hand bar we've got a categories widget i would generally push that down and put the call to action there and a nice at least 125 by 125 size banner sort of like we have on freedomocean.com. If you, uh, the listener goes to freedomocean.com, they'll see on the right-hand side, we have our call to action, which is to get our alerts. And that's the most important feature of that page. And it's in the most important spot. That's where the eye rests when it gets to the right-hand side of the page and stops. 
So that's where the call to action should be. You should have something about that size as the Get Freedom Ocean Alerts panel. You should have that on this site with some very enticing copy. And it might be a headline, subheadline, bullet points, and a clickable graphic. So a nice little banner ad, basically, that, that points back to the money site. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Do you think the images are too big? They're okay, but you might... Um, no, I think the point is it's good to have images in the posts mm. and that's yep. that's the element that's nice. I think that you're missing a huge opportunity by not linking the image. Yep. People click on images. They get image happy. Yeah, so if you were to hyperlink each image to the customer's destination page, that would be good. If you go to mm. internetmarketingspeed.com, my other podcasts, you'll see that I link every image to something. And that is because from my heat map testing over the years, I know that people click, click, click on images. What do you use for heat map testing? Well, I used to use Crazy Egg. And now for any site where I'm split testing, it's built into Visual Website Optimizer. Well, James, I reckon that um, that's, that's a that's a fair summary um, of a site that I should. Um, I'm now getting defensive, but uh, it, it, it's something that went up, you know, three weeks ago, and uh, there is work to be done on it. And there, there, there's some good um, there's some good tips, but it actually sounds like, in summary, that it's actually not um, a strategy that you'd pursue in the long term. You'd be better off focusing on the main site. Uh, well, more accurately, I'd say it's a strategy that I would be pursuing in the long term, but not the short term. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a couple of contradictions here. Yes, it's cheap to set up. Yes, it's fast to get up. Yes, it's getting reasonably good results. But wouldn't that also be true of the main site? If you were to spend the exact same time and energy on that and then go and get a nice thumping PR4 or PR5 text link from someone's blog in the same industry, you'll be able to pump up the pages you add. So if you were to go and add a page for Business Advisor Melbourne on the primary site and get a juicy fat backlink to that page, you might also get the same ranking. Because as you've seen, you know, even though it's cheap and easy, now you've got to go and change the logo. You've got to move the posts around. You've got to hyperlink the images. Like I can assure you, every <laughs> single website done. you have is going to eat up resource, whether that's yep. time or money. Yep. And, and, you know, to put it in perspective, I've got a team of, let's say a dozen, but there's more people working on my domain and blog network. And we've been working on it for a year now, a year and a bit. And it's, and there's hundreds and hundreds of sites, and that is a full-time job for a team. Mm. Well, I think you've done really well as a startup. The, the, the time where I would kick this in is when you already own page one and you're at the top of page one for every phrase the customer wants. They've got six or 700 pages on their site. They've got a fat blog on there, and they're, they're coming to you and saying, Timbo, how can we spend more money with you? How do we get more exposure? How do we increase our market share? You say, look, we just go and get another domain and we rewrite your entire blog with brand new content and we, we go through your current blog and your analytics and we see which pages are getting viewed the most, which pages convert into sales because we're tracking all of these things and we will put up a very tight targeted 50 page blog to come in and compete with you and that's when that strategy is uber powerful. 
So, so do you think too, just in summary, uh, when we'll, we'll finish that conversation, is that um, let's say as a term business advisor, um, if they wanted to own say, page one of Google for the term Business Advisor Melbourne, are they better off just working hard at having 10 links that talk about Business Advisor Melbourne on their main site than actually creating these external assets? Yeah, they'd be better to put a really good premium post on their current site with that exact phrase, yep. Business Advisor Melbourne, and then they would go and get some powerful links to that and that page should pop up first mm, and I'm okay. looking here is it is it business advisor Melbourne that you're trying to rank for yep well there's only one there's only one page in Google right now in .com.au for our overseas listeners that actually mm -hmm. targets that phrase so mm -hmm. I mean you should be able to own that phrase by tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> certainly yeah. within a week beautiful beautiful all right, mate. Well, that's been pretty, pretty damn helpful. Well, I think we've just saved people a huge amount of time and energy. So microsite strategy, good strategy, but a secondary strategy until you build your primary asset. I think so. Just if you have finite resources, just focus on owning it with your current website first. And then you, when you hit the top, you say, right, okay, I want more market share. And then... That I just want to highlight that step that I said in the middle there. Go and see what is bringing you the money now and replicate the good bits because with the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, probably only 20% of the content on your existing site is giving you 80% of your profit. So just replicate that 20%. Now, can I give you an example how I did that in my own network? Mm -hmm. I, I uh, bought 200 websites from somebody I ran AdSense on them for about six months and then I went back to my AdSense and I hit the auto sort for the highest earnings. I took the top four and then I went and made 50 websites for each phrase. So now I had another 200 websites. So just to be clear, from my first 200 websites, I found the top four sites that were making the most money and then I made 50 more of each of those four to make another 200 websites. And that uh, rapidly increased my income from that market because it's like having a test and then seeing which ones won and then replicating the winner and scaling them up. So that's exactly what you do. You go to your service customer site, you look into analytics, you've checked the conversions on the forms. And by the way, most of the people are not going to have a handle on their analytics and they're most definitely not tracking conversions. So that is definitely step one. Make sure you're tracking leads so that you can measure and quantify the results and then replicate and scale the most successful parts of that website into the yep. second site. Brilliant, mate. And I just um, I was reminded when you were talking earlier about um, Squidoo lenses and all those um, other you know, article marketing and all those other search engine optimization strategies, ep episode 10 of Freedom Motion, we, went, we really went deep uh, on what would constitute a really good start to a search engine optimization strategy. In fact, it was called an introductory search engine optimization strategy explained. So that'd be a really good um, episode for our new listeners to go back to, episode 10 of Freedom Ocean. 
That's a great episode. I think we even, uh, I think uh, my help desk has occasionally sent a customer there if they had that exact question. <laughs> love it, love so, it. Uh, Timbo, I'm curious about something if you could answer for me. Go. Masterclass, uh, last episode you put your heart on your sleeve and you showed the world uh, your efforts, yep. uh, which has taken us a few sessions to to get to that result. I just wonder how it's panning out for you. Mate, it's going very well. Uh, really, uh, since we recorded the last episode, it was, it's only been three days since launch. Um, had some good inquiry and I'm pleased with the sales and I'm excited by September 8. I'm more looking forward to September 8 coming than anything, which is the first so you have actually So you actually put up a sales page and you sold something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, as soon as I got that um, that first sale came through, I think I sent you an email that went something like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel? So, yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, here's a, a good exercise good for you. Um, remember that feeling. Remember how yep. you felt when that came through. Yep. And think about that next time you're struggling with the shopping cart or trying to put up that next product and you just can't quite push it over the line. Just think about that feeling and lock it in. Well, well it was even it was even better because I'm just trying to think what it came through on it came through on a Friday night at about eleven o'clock. Um, you know, so uh, that that was exciting in itself to, to be able to um, to see a sale come through for something you'd worked so hard to put together um, at a strange time of the day, <laughs> a strange time of the night. That was good. Um, and, and for listeners who who are wondering what we're talking about, I'm running an online marketing communications masterclass, which is an eight-week webinar series. Um, and I am going to be joined um, not only by James, but some of Australia's leading online marketing specialists in category, in, in, in things like uh, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, uh, we're going to be talking about podcasting, search engine optimization. Um, we're going to be joined by some some what I'd call freaks, really. I um, feel really honoured to have sort of marketing royalty join me on the masterclass. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, Mike Rhodes, who is um, Google AdWords um, specialist. Um, Pete Williams is going to be sharing the characteristics um, of a website that converts. Uh, we've got um, Steve, Steve Ovens talking about uh, search engine optimization. You're talking about business principles and how marketing, uh, yeah, business principles and how marketing, uh, good marketing can, can impact on them. So we've got, um, we're talking about outsourcing, pretty much covering um, the plethora of online marketing strategies. So it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty exciting, mate, and to get that first sale was wonderful. Very exciting for you. In fact, while we've been recording this, I made a sale for my event. And, Love it. Uh, the, the leverage of it, the fact that you can be doing something else while your sales page is out there. And I do encourage listeners to go and look at your masterclass page because they'll see, hopefully, if it's still up, they'll see a video that you put together and got online and we sort of went through that in episodes uh, 18 and 19, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to to actually create this. Yes, we've been through the steps step by step. Uh, You can go to freedomotion.com forward slash T for Timbo masterclass. That's where you can go and see that sales page. It will take you straight to that page. And... and, um for, for listeners who aren't aware, uh, the Freedom Ocean website, uh, we've, we've got a products page on there and you can see um, there's, there's links to both yours and my masterclass, James, and to a whole lot of products that are going to help you with your internet marketing um, 
campaign. So we've got search engine products, um, products that help you create your website. We've got um, previous previous um, fast web formula three-day events that you've done, James, on DVD. There is a lot. There's a lot. You know of what else there is, Timbo? There's, uh, I noticed that we've got our Twitter links on there now. We do. Yep, <laughs> I think I think we've been ninjured. <laughs> <laughs> we have. They went up. Uh, I noticed them there yesterday. So if you want to follow beautiful. Timbo or me on uh, Twitter, there's a link there as well at uh, freedomocean.com. All right, mate. Well, th- listen. Um, good episode. Uh, felt like I was at school. Um, feel like a, a naughty well, little maybe boy. Maybe you didn't get the um, answer you wanted, but uh, <laughs> it, it, basically you've executed quite well. It's the strategy that I would pay attention to. Yep. No, that's a fair call. Fair call. Now, remember what Peter um, Drucker said. It's it's about doing the right things. So you've got the doing right. part. I've, I think go and beef up the customer site with some meaty content pages, set up the conversions, and they'll love you for it. Ripper. All right, mate. Uh, James, thanks once again uh, for sharing. And listeners, go and check out freedomocean.com. And uh, until next time, uh, which I uh, am looking forward to because I'm going to hand the next episode over to you. You've got a little uh, something to share that you've done recently in your business. So until then, mate, we shall see you out on the ocean. See you later. See you then, Tim. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 